Welcome to the Send Parenting Podcast. I'm your neurodiverse host, Dr. Olivia Kessel. And more importantly, I'm mother to my wonderfully neurodivergent daughter, Alexandra, who really inspired this podcast. As a veteran in navigating the world of neurodiversity in a UK education system, I've uncovered a wealth of misinformation, alongside many answers and solutions that were never taught to me in medical school or in any of the parenting handbooks. Each week on this podcast, I will be bringing the experts to your ears to empower you on your parenting crusade. In today's bite-sized summary, I'll be joined by my co-host, Tamsin Hendry, Sen Advisor, to discuss our key takeaways from Dr. Naomi Fisher's episodes 16 and 27. Dr. Fisher is a clinical psychologist who specializes in trauma, autism, and advocates for self-directed learning. There was so much in both of these episodes, but I think both Tamsin and I tease out what we felt were the best bits of those podcasts. Please join us. Welcome, Tamsin. I am really excited to have another bite-sized summary for the Send Parenting podcast. And today, I'd actually like to take the opportunity to A, welcome you, and then also to kick it off a bit because, you know, it was really thanks to one of our Send Parenting listeners that I actually got to know about who Dr. Naomi Fisher was. And it was a request that I interview them. And honestly, I have to thank that individual because it really gave me an epiphany because prior to this, I really thought that education equaled learning. And she actually ripped that to to shreds. And, you know, through my journey with my daughter, I have struggled in the education system. And I've always struggled to try and get them to realize her potential. But I never stopped to question the education system because it's, you know, I had drunk the Kool-Aid. It was in my DNA, you know, education is education. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that I thought that if my daughter couldn't survive in education, that she had no future and no hope. And that's, you know. And also when you yourself, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, myself, I had a positive experience of education. You know, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed learning. I I enjoyed that. So it's, it's easy to just lump your experience onto your child as opposed to standing back and saying, is this going to work for them? I actually didn't. I was, uh, we moved to America from England and I, ha- I was, <laughs> I was uh, very much bullied and teased in, in school being uh, a year younger and British. And um, yeah, so it, it wasn't the greatest experience, but my parents fully believe that if you were to get anywhere in life, you had to, you know, get into the right school, get into the right secondary school, go to university. You know, that's, that's kind of the only track yeah. So that's, uh, you know, definitely being part and also being an undiagnosed dyslexic school was hard, but, um, it, it, you know, I never thought, and Dr. Fisher really, you know, in her book, a different way to learn, just relieved me of this misconception and really challenged me to think outside of the box in terms of self-directed learning and being able to understand that children have different trajectories. And I think, you know, when your child doesn't meet a milestone, it's like, oh, they're disabled. They have special education needs. They're they're failing. That's how you feel. And then to read her words that, you know what, people develop in different trajectories. Kids with neurodiversities might do things in a different order. It it took, it was like a <sighs> kind of breath for me because that I didn't even realize I was holding because maybe my child is normal. In her normal, you know? And um, so I think, you know, for me, Dr. Naomi Fisher really um, opened my eyes and really made me, you know, if I 
were to do things over again and you know self-directed learning i think is a is a fantastic option although it is so difficult i think also and it takes a huge commitment on the parents part to be able to facilitate it because in england you can't even have full-time self-directed schools because it's not legal um unlike in other countries but I really changed. I really had a major mind shift um, in terms of of, of her podcast that um, was hugely beneficial and started me on my journey of empowerment and knowledge with other um, individuals that we've had on the show. And think, my final point. Oh, think, sorry. Go on. I think it kind of links in. We are we are slowly getting there with the OTAS, which is education other than at school. It's still in its really early phases, but there's definitely a recognition that for a large you know, you know, I think she talked about statistics of how many um, children that are home educated fall into that neurodiverse um, yeah. label that actually EOTAS is definitely quite promising. And I think it will be big in the future. We're just in that initial stage at the moment. And then the final point that really also resonated with me was this autonomy. So autonomy in learning, okay, how you learn and what you choose to learn, but also autonomy in parenthood. And it it caused me to shift how I parent quite considerably as well, reading both of her books and listening and chatting with her in the podcast, because actually what we want to teach our children is to have that autonomy when they grow up. And I, I remember her using the example of screen time and saying, you know, if we constantly control our kids with screen time, we, you know, when they're 20, we're not going to be able to control their their screen time. So what have we taught them? We've taught them, you know, to really value it, to really want it, that it's bad for you. All the messages that we're giving are are messed up. And so even with myself, when my daughter's friend comes over, they love to play Roblox and role play with it. And I used to say, you can only do it for a certain amount of time because they also love imaginary play and playing in their room and stuff like that. And that's what, of course, I want them to do. So instead I said, all right, you just do, you, you just, you know, left them to it. Well, within 20 minutes, they put the phones down, they put the Roblox down and they started playing. And I was like, oh, Revelation. Know, I just had yeah. to let go of control. It's true. It's, it's, I spoke to an occupational therapist years and years ago and, and talked about screen time. And she said to me, actually, we're looking for them to find tools themselves that will help self-regulation. And actually, if that helps with self-regulation, that's a positive thing. And my daughter said to me the other day in front of a, a mum who is really, really anti-devices, uh, mum, what's screen time? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just and I went oh you're too better later because you, you want to fit into that mold that, you know and I've got this mum who says to me all the time you know if I could give up my job and just um run all these uh rallies about how our children shouldn't have devices that's what I do and then I've got my daughter saying what screen time <laughs> so and so's mum says that people that use that use it as a babysitter and I'm like let's talk about it later but it is it's very true I've never done screen time and actually they're both really good with it because it's never been it's never been a thing in our house it's just like forbidding yourself cake do you know what I mean if I forbid myself cake there's nothing I want more in the world it's all I can think about is cake 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 cake. don't think of a pink elephant it's that whole thing isn't it (laughs) immediately immediately that's what you want to think about or you can't stop yourself so yeah, they're really yeah. I also um, took all of the, those things away. Um, I, I interestingly found myself quite feeling quite defensive at the beginning because my son's really nearly, yeah because he's nearly at the end of his um, education in school and has hated every single day of it. And it really challenged. We've talked before about uh, 
a question I ask myself a lot, which is what's important to him and what's important for him. And um, also that question of I give him lots of choices, but at the same time, some decisions are too big for him to make. Or so I believed, uh, have believed for this whole time. But actually, he he did the best learning he's ever done during lockdown because he was at home, because he did it at his own pace, because it's not that he never did do maths. He just did it all on a Monday instead of throughout the week because that that's how he wanted to learn. So I found myself defensive because because everything she said made so much sense to me that it was really hard to face that actually there's a feeling that I may have failed him. And it's in, it's interesting you say that, Tim, because I felt the same way. I felt like, you know what, if I had heard this when when she was younger, I would have done things differently. And I just didn't know. I totally, I'm on the same page with yeah. you there. And also about my own identity, when we talked, you know, before about um, loss of identity, that actually what I do for a living and leaving the house and going to work every day is really good for me. So it's that balance. So I felt when I first heard it, I thought, well, you know, maybe there's a balance there. Maybe they can um, go to school and then we can carry on that that theory of self-motivation at home. But actually, fundamentally, when I, when, when I let that feeling pass, I think she's absolutely right. And in any work environment, you know, we pull on people's strengths. I wouldn't say to someone that's – I wouldn't say to um, someone at work who isn't confident with a computer, can you design me a database – I would pull on the strengths that they're good at. And that's what school's asking us to do, do all these lessons. And and it really triggered me in that I remember saying to my son, um, you need to, he hates sports day. And I said, you know, you need to do sports day because there's children at school. And I feel embarrassed saying this. So I'm just going to say it because it's honest. Um, you need to do that because you do maths and English every day. You don't find those difficult and you're allowed, you, you excel at those things in class. You get to feel that sense of prize and achievement. And there's children that struggle every day with those lessons. And sports day is their time to to shine. So actually, you need to go because they need to be able to celebrate what they're good at and, and for them to recognise that, OK, they're struggling in maths, but you know what, they excel in this. And, and I've had that narrative with him many times. And listening to her, um, I just felt horrible. I felt horrible. And so I would say the biggest thing I took away from her was that the intrinsic motivation that happens when you allow children to do their own learning, trusting in the process, trusting in the trajectory. And I, and I remember listening and thinking it was so brave that she had a wobble. She had lots of wobbles. You know, actually, they're eight years old and they're not reading, but that's OK. You know, so I think that uh, and trusting in them to have a natural curiosity and to want to learn. Um, I really resonated with her, the role of an adult, which is, which is really shifted in, in, yeah, in the too. Um, and actually it really ties in with Montessori, which is my background, which is the role of the adult is to um, support, to give opportunities, to prepare the environment, but not to control. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the way that she said that, you know, it's not like, Oh, you just, hang back and sit on the couch. It's actually quite a lot of effort from the adult, but it's well, doing it in the right yeah. way. Fundamentally, the relationship. And I think for any parent, and I, I, I feel I can say this quite confidently, if we were having a, an annual review about our, our children, most of us would say it's all about the connection for them. They need to connect. 
with someone when they're not with their parent. They need that one person that gets them just like they have us. So the fact that the role of the adult in that way is about relationships, is about opportunity, is like a light, it's that light bulb moment because that's what they have with us, you know, at home when they're most safe, when they are uh, most themselves. Absolutely. That's really interesting. Um, and, and removing expectation to avoid disappointment. There's a, a great Oprah Winfrey quote, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it is basically, if you don't want to be disappointed, then stop having a preconceived expectation of people and things and trajectories. And, and that's, and that is so true. And, and last yeah, time, stop catastrophizing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, cause you do that as a parent, you know, you're like, Oh my God, you know, if she doesn't brush her teeth by herself, what the world is going to stop. <laughs> yeah. And my son and I applied it, it, it last night, he was doing his maths homework. So normally we would sit down and it would, it, so he'd, he'd sat there for an hour getting more and more anxious. And he, I said to him, would you want my help? No, I don't want you to help me. Um, and it was that situation of, I can do it when I'm at school. I don't understand why I can't do it when I'm at home because I just feel really anxious and I can't remember the steps that were involved. So normally I would sit down and say, well, let's do it together, do another two hours that we'd end up in a, you know, a disaster. And I just went over to him and I shut the book. And I said, if you can do it at school, then do it at school. And if you can't, wow, do it, well do it. done, mommy. Yeah, and I because it because it's that letting, go, allowing yourself to, um, to say I've got these feelings. I feel really uncomfortable that he's not going to hand that in, but it's okay to feel like that and not do anything about it. Um, trusting yourself, and and so yeah, they were my top three: self determination theory, the role of an adult with regard to relationships and and learning opportunities. And accepting that the trajectory may be different than you had planned in your mind. Yeah. And, you know, she, uh, I've looked now on online with Dr. Naomi Fisher's website too, and she has courses uh, that she, she does with Eliza Flicker, who does um, the drawings. And I'm actually quite tempted to, to sign up to, to one of them. And they're not, they're not cost prohibitive. They're like 30 pounds, because I think it is cracking open our mommy kind of mold and changing it. But when you do start implementing, as you've illustrated and I've illustrated, magic happens, you know? Yeah. And that's it was like, wow, why haven't I been doing this? And going back to one, one theme that runs through everybody that I've heard you interview is trusting your gut and how does yeah. it feel and actually f- how it felt to close his book and watch his whole body relax and him to say, but are you disappointed, mum? Do you know what? I'm really, I'm, I'm really not. I'm really not. Yeah. It's liberating, liberating for him, liberating for me. So, yeah, I think it was. So what came from allowing myself to work through the feelings of, and I did feel defensive when I first listened, shows how much it, it made sense, really, because it, if it didn't make sense, I wouldn't have felt defensive. Yeah, really good point. Circle. Yeah. Well, excellent. I think uh, we've done a good job. Any any other points that you can think of from Dr. So, Fisher? So I think her three. top yeah her yeah her top I three would say her top three um, was um, as you said the the motivation that comes from the autonomy you allow them with self directed self motivation yeah, yeah absolutely and it really reminded me so I think people relate the quote to Benjamin Fra- I love a quote um, Benjamin <laughs> Franklin but it was actually a Chinese philosopher. Um, and he said, uh, tell me and I forget, 
uh, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. And that really, you know, that's kind of the message that I felt she was saying. Um, another another one that that made me feel a little bit defensive, but made me question myself and, and is she's absolutely right, is that emotional well-being is her non-negotiable. And for me, my non-negotiable was you're going to school. So, you, you know, yesterday my daughter didn't want to go to school because of social reasons and she didn't want to go. And you know what? I let her stay home and she had a day just at home and she did, she did math homework. She did some writing. She did other stuff. She, she didn't interrupt me at work. And then today she woke, we, we chatted about why she didn't want to go to school and went on a walk and stuff. And then this morning she woke up, she got dressed, she brushed her hair. She, she was just, she was ready to, you know, she just needed that day. And I, I would have never, ever, ever done that before. Yeah. Now I, I do do that. I do allow, he has days and I'll say, but, but the negotiation always involves, but you, if I give you today, you will, you will go tomorrow. Um, and even yeah. the language about that, I will give you today to self-regulate as opposed to if that's what you feel you need, then I respect that. Um, so it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Tamsin. <laughs> yeah. So, so that the fact that not that his, that, that her child's and herself's emotional well-being was a non-negotiable really made me dig deep on that one. Yeah, um, I totally what agree. My core values are. Um, and and the, a really easy one and a really uh, strong one in my mind is opportunities without insistence. You yeah. Know? And that, that, was, that was, I say, the biggest thing I took away from everything she said, of, and there were many interesting things, but provide the opportunity, do not insist. Yeah. And that's, it's, it, it's hard because it's, it's, it's how we were raised, I think as well. So it's, yeah. it's going against that. Um, but yeah, all good points. And I would highly recommend not only listening to the podcast, but yeah. also reading her books. Her books uh, were, you know, just so, so valuable to me. And it sounds like to you as well. Yeah. So thank and you. you. This to is meet someone that's got courage of their convictions. Uh, that's your lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Tamsin. Okay, lovely to see you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, Send Parenting Tribe. If you want to learn more about self-directed learning, I recommend visiting the reference section on our website, www.sendparenting.com. We have both of Dr. Fisher's books for you to access there. You can also find a link to her episodes, which is episode number 16 and 27 to listen in more detail to the discussion that we had. Both of the podcasts, you know, I learned a lot from them and would highly recommend it. Wishing you and your family a happy week ahead.